Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, Bettys. Hi, Bettys. Yes, hi, Bettys. Hi, Mark. Hi, Liz. What's going on? Oh, just got finished teaching. Yes, you did. A class. I just got finished having a week vacation with my daughter. Well, not vacation, but my well, daughter came to yes. visit and she came to see my show. How was it? Which was great. You're in Clue. Yes, I'm Mrs. White. Flames, flames on the side of my face. Oh. And it's fabulous. It's a it's a great show. We're having a wonderful time. So I had a nice little relaxing week. Well, good. We did some shopping. We hung around. Okay. And when you leave the neighborhood today, you're yep. going to have to look at the neighborhood sign because we decorated it for oh, Halloween. Oh, you did it again? Yeah. Yes, I right. I have a little tombstone in front of it and it keeps falling over. So Uh-oh. I got to go over there to this afternoon and put a good out. fix. But yeah. as always, we have the greatest viewers yes, and listeners on we the planet. Do. And I got a message from Dana Milligan uh, just yesterday, Mm -hmm. and it said, Liz, I was going to make you a handkerchief for a fancy lady's handkerchief shower, but your soap opera name initials wouldn't fit. (laughs) (laughs) L-B-D. No. L-B-E-L-B. H B D. Yeah, I even can't keep up with it. Liz Legree Butler Haynesworth, uh-huh. Butler, Duran, something else. No, Brian. Brian, I forgot Durin. that one. And then nothing else after Duran. Okay, or Rob will be like, what the hell? Dot, dot, well, dot. I always add Probst. Because it's never yes, too Jeff. late for me and Jeff to fall in love. And Sorry, Rob, but you know, hey, it's yeah. Jeff. Yeah, He's on my hall pass. So I thought that was really sweet. And she <laughs> is from Western New York. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, her family lives in Western New York. But anyway, she's a big fan. Her name is Dana. And that was really sweet. Cool. And then I got mm-hmm. a Facebook message from someone whose Facebook page is called Heritage Valley Farmstead. Okay. So I don't know if they own a farm. I apologize. I didn't go look at their profile. But they, they are a huge genealogy nerd. And they found Phil Terrell. Oh, Phil? So this is Bill Terrell's son, Phil, oh. who still lives in I found him on Facebook, but he's an older fellow now. He's almost 80. And I messaged him and I, you know, didn't hear back because he hadn't really posted anything since 2019. So then I went to looking at his friends on Facebook Mm -hmm. and I put in the last name Terrell to see how many Terrell friends he had. Mm -hmm. And there was this one beautiful blonde who popped up right away. And I thought, well, she's so pretty and she seems very nice. So I called her. Uh, Of course you did. (laughs) And she is Phil Terrell's daughter-in-law. 
Okay. And she gave me his number. Oh, my. And I called him. Yeah. And I'm going to play that phone call for you. I love it. Right now. I love it. Okay. Okay. Hello? Uh, Good morning, Mr. Terrell. My name is Liz Duran. I'm calling you from Charleston, South Carolina. How are you today? I'm fine. Well, good. I have a very interesting thing to share with you. I'm working on the old diary of a young lady who grew up in Missouri in the 1930s uh, when she was a teenager. And Uh if you are the son of Robert Clay Terrell, she dated your dad for years. Is that right? Is is that your father? It is. <gasps> Phil, we, I, I got to tell you right now, this project of researching this diary has become a big Facebook phenomenon. We have about 190,000 followers, and we have a podcast and a TikTok and all this social media. We reach about 300,000 people a week with this story. And if you knew how many people are fascinated and interested in your dad, I thought I would love to share that with you. Yeah. Would you mind That's if I, would you mind if I uh, ask you some questions about your dad for our podcast? Well, uh, to start with, I don't know hardly anything about the man. Okay. I I have met him once in my life. Really? Uh, he and my mother were divorced when I was just an infant. <gasps> Oh. And uh, I had an older sister who's a year and a half older than I am. She's since passed away. I saw that. Was it Bobby Ann? Bobby Ann. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. No, I, I found her and, in my uh, research. Yeah. I'm sorry and, uh, about the loss. And your mom died the same year as your sister. Am I correct about that? That's correct, yes. Oh, I'm uh-huh. so sorry. That, that that had to be a really difficult time for you, Phil. It was. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> so, so your father was oh. never present in your life. I hate to hear that. No, no. He lived in uh, Missouri, and I was born and raised in Utah. Uh-huh. 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 Oh, that's that's so interesting. So I'm guessing you don't have a picture of this man. Uh, I have a picture of him, yes. Oh, Phil, if you could send that, send me a copy of that, if you could text it to me, or I don't know how tech-savvy <laughs> you are. Uh, well... <laughs> I'm nearly 80 years old, so not not greatly. Yeah, yeah, I figured that out. Oh, I would. Oh, Phil, I would be eternally grateful. You have no idea. I'm sorry to hear that Bill uh, was absent in your life, but in my research of him, I do feel like he had a lot of mental health issues. Well, he was an alcoholic. Aha. Uh-huh. That's and, why uh, our um, diary, our, our her name was Elizabeth Hartzell, and that's why she broke up with him because he drank. Uh-huh. So yeah. he was starting as a teenager. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was he, and that's why my mother divorced him. Well, yeah, he uh, had three wives uh, all together. Um, three? Yeah, I he. The one, well, yeah. One after, yeah, after. He, he had one before your mom. Her name was Nancy Shockley, and they were married in 1937, yes. but that didn't last, I don't even think, a full year. Oh. Yeah. yeah, my wife. My wife is our genealogist here, and she oh. knows more detail than I do, really. Oh, fabulous. Um, yeah, because I was interested in his um, Air Corps career as well. Was he a pilot? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure whether he was a pilot or a ground crew. Uh huh. Uh huh. I, I I I just don't know. Well, I, my wife's we we did get his military record. You did? So, did yeah. that also come with a, a photo, or was it just the record? Just the record. Uh huh. No uh huh. Photo. 
Oh, because I tried to get them as well, and for some reason they couldn't find them. So, oh, I'm, I'm. But you probably had more information to share with them as a family member. Yeah, yeah. You have to have. You have to be a family member usually to get them. Oh well, I'm so glad your wife is the little genealogist. I think that that's fun. It's a fun hobby to have and to learn about your past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Phil, we're just, I, I cannot, you probably can't even fathom how excited people are going to know that I found you and that, and that we have a connection to your dad. I'm sorry that, that you didn't, but if you're ever interested, we have a, a podcast. I don't know if you listen to those. Um, it's called My Grandma's Diaries, and we mm-hmm. talk a lot about your dad. And since his father was such a prominent attorney in town, there are a mm-hmm. lot of articles in that local newspaper in Bell, Missouri, that speak a lot about the Terrell family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, think... I, 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 we've done... We know some of the history, and... Oh, cool. In fact, we, we, we got uh, the history books from Missouri, from that from the county there. Oh! Uh, actually, Mary's County is yes. where a lot of the history is, and we there's a two-volume history of Mary's County, Missouri, and we've got those... Oh, yeah. Some of the so. nice folk at the county library down there sent me some pictures of the Terrell homes. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that that was pretty cool to see. Yeah, pretty interesting. There was a you probably have seen this, too. There was a cool. Well, not cool for him, but there was an article in the paper where uh, your grandfather was driving home and flew out of his car and almost died. <laughs> so, many, so many interesting stories in uh, all the old Bell Banner news articles and things. Well, we've. Well, what what I I get a kick out of uh, my grandmother's name. What? Uh, her maiden name was Alma Heck. Oh, yes. No, and in Utah we don't swear a lot. So we say Alma Alma Heck. Oh, that's lovely. That's that's lovely. Well, Phil, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to chat with us. I'd love to get my hands on that picture as soon as you can figure out how to do that. And um, if your wife says something like, why didn't you tell her about such and such? You can (laughs) you can always call me back or you can she can text things to me if she wants to. We're just so excited that we found you. It was hard to find your dad when we were searching because his name was Robert, but everyone called him Bill. How did they get to Bill from Robert? I don't know. I think if you look at his brothers and that, they had all kinds of nicknames for oh, him. Oh, wonderful. Well, Phil, thank you so much. It was so nice talking to you today. You have solved a huge mystery for us, and we really, really appreciate it. Well, thank you for calling. Yeah, all right. Have a great day. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye bye. And that was my phone call with Phil. So I really hate to hear that Bill was an absent dad. But, you know, alcoholism is a terrible thing. It's a monkey on your back. Mm -hmm. And I guess he just couldn't fight his demons. Mm. So that's really sad. But the other big bombshell was I asked him if he had a photograph. Mm -hmm. And he said, yes, he does. He does? But he hasn't sent it yet. Oh, my God. Because he's an old man. Thank God. Thank you, Phil. Uh, So he gave me his cell phone number, and Uh, I texted him my name. So I'm telling you, Mark, every time my phone beeps and whirs, I'm like, "Ah, ah, 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 
Right. Because I now we're going to finally see. But here's the thing. Phil, mm-hmm. we have a picture of Phil that was on the Patreon. Yes. So you can see him as a little boy. Okay. And of course, his picture on Facebook, he still looks the same. You know, he's the same. You really? can know it's him. And then his son also looks a lot like him. So okay. I don't know if he looks more like his mom or dad. Yeah, yeah. I'll be anxious to see. How exciting. So yeah, but I told him, I said, you know, if you are interested in podcasts or if you want to go on Facebook or yeah. go to our website, we have the whole YouTube where he could just sit there for that. And 30 minutes and hear his dad's name. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. I love that. Right. So poor Bill. How special. I found a picture that I don't think we had of Bill's father. (gasps) No, we do have that one. We do? That was on his obituary. Oh. Isn't he striking looking? He is. He makes me think like um, Olaf in the Lemony Uh, Snicket books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) He's got that sharp edge chiseled. But he's a Mm nice-looking man. Very much so. um, So that's Bill's father. And we have a picture of one of Bill's brothers that is on the Patreon right now um, from last week's episode. Yeah. And he is a handsome fellow, too. So, yeah, good-looking, terrible people. Excellent. Just so sorry. But, you know, the along Main Street had already called him out for being stiff Terrell. Oh. How... And that when you think about that, he's mm. sixteen. He's no, he's eighteen. Yeah. When they're making fun of him for drinking too much, without realizing this is going to be a lifelong addiction Obviously. issue for this poor guy. Yeah. Uh, so you just don't know the impact of what you're doing or your words. And as we should talk, because look at what we're doing. And he. Unali- almost unalived himself. I'm I sure know. alcohol had something to do with that. Of probably. course. A depression. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, bless his heart. Yeah. So that's uh, my news to start wow. with for you. And Love then it. we're going to jump right into the episode. Hi, my name is Sabrina. I'm from Auburn, California, and you're listening to My Grandma's Diaries. Let's talk a little bit about what we talked about in episode 25. So we started off, someone sent us that great article about Billy in Paris. Yeah. And how he was one of the top 11 house designers. I mean, he'd only been there a year. Yeah. And all of a sudden, so he must have been amazingly talented. Mm -hmm. I would give anything to find like an old, I bet it's not impossible to go to New York. Maybe I'll call the library in New York. And see if they have old catalogs mm. from the Marcel or whatever. Mm. I can't remember the name of the company he worked for. Surely they do. I'll bet they do. A fashion catalog. Yeah. And then we would have an idea that some of these were Bill's designs. How cool. So we are in Marble Hill. We spent last episode meeting a lot of the people. Yeah. We don't have access to the Banner Press yet, but mm-hmm. I did go to the library yesterday okay. in, in town. I talked to a nice resource librarian named Houston, uh-huh. and he is working real hard right now to get us microfiche of the ba- Banner Press. Oh. So I'm hoping it'll be here within a week or two. And like then, they're going to physically mail it to this library? Yeah, from they'll, they'll mail it to the downtown branch where they have okay. the South Carolina room. Because that's the only oh. microfilm machine oh. that we have in wow. town. The Mount Pleasant libraries don't have that's one. Weird. I do think that's weird because if you're looking at, you got to still have microfilm Absolutely. because not everything has been digitized totally. yet. So we'll, you and I will be downtown with our little phones taking pictures. But I went ahead and requested 1935 yeah. through 1942 because even though we're po- we're plowing through 35 right now, I want to mm-hmm. go back and if I find any like real cool stuff, mm-hmm. we'll make a little bonus episode there of like. Go. What's yeah. going on in the banner press? Yeah. Tap, 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 tap. A little wait. background noise. Won't that be cute? Yes. It'd make a cute video as well. 
Also, I realized last week when I was putting together the episode, Elizabeth never does another play. Really? She only ever did. Yeah, she just did school plays. And so the last play she did was Hobgoblin House, which sounds hilarious and silly. Yeah. And I found it on eBay and I ordered it. Mm -hmm. And upcoming for you guys, we are going to do a radio play version (laughs) of Hobgoblin House. Yeah. I haven't read it yet because I might take this back. What if I read it and I'm like, oh, God, this is awful. But I think it'd be fun and kitschy. You have it? Did they send it to you? It's downstairs. I'll give you a copy when you leave. And then my husband is an old radio guy and he's a producer. He's won lots of awards for commercials Mm -hmm. he's produced. So he's going to be doing sound for us and make it all cool. Yeah. I think it'll be super fun. Yeah, I know. Radio show. So basically, let's Yay. see. Uh, what we're dealing with, uh, boyfriend-wise, mm-hmm. is that Bob Drum fellow who's very possessive, mm-hmm. who gets mad at her mm-hmm. all the time. We're not crazy about him. She also likes a boy named Bill Teeters, mm-hmm. and apparently he's a very good dancer. And then she likes a boy named Jack Hopkins, whose dad owns the general store. Mm. And those are the boys that are kind of... In the running for now. In the running today. for, for t- <laughs> this month. Hot guys. Oh, they got a telephone put in their house, oh, right. which was exciting. So now people can call her. I bet that's so cool when the phone yeah. rings. I'll get it. I'll right, get it. Right. All the girls running up to it. Uh, that's <laughs> definitely a scene that will be in our in Netflix special. Oh, so also, before I get started, did I tell you we got contacted by someone who lives in Pine Bush? where Billy Underwood is buried in New York? No, no. Well, she's one of our viewers, of course, and she said that she's going to go to the library and try to find his obituary for us. Oh, Billy, good. I know, wouldn't that be nice? We've gotten so many comments about Billy deserves his own episode. I'm like, heck yeah, he does. Because what a fascinating life. If if only he had had people to pass his things down to, you know, that we know of. We don't know. That we know of. There could be like a chosen family who has... Right. I mean... uh, well, things are kind of popping up. My One of my cousins called me last night and sent me all new photographs of the uh, Underwood home that kidding? we hadn't seen in Bell. That's They were so on exciting. his wall uh, what? in a just, frame. And he's probably listening to the house. podcast and looking up going, hey, wait a minute. That's right. <laughs> David. So, Good yeah, for David. David. Yeah. David gets going to get a little knock on the door from us. <laughs> yep. So I wanted to, again, share a little more information about Marble Hill. And this is really cool that Marble Hill, Missouri has a Trail of Tears State Park because a lot of the Trail of Tears went right through this area. Now, this is starting in the early 19th century, which marked a big change in the American landscape. Mostly the population was booming of settlers wanting to expand west. Mm -hmm. And to fulfill this, quote, manifest destiny, stupid President Andrew Jackson signed a bill known as the Indian Removal Act in 1830, which forced the Cherokees and other indigenous nations who lived east of the Mississippi to now move to Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. This further destroyed the United States relationship with Native Americans, particularly the Cherokee, as the act broke many promises about relocation that, of course, had already been made to the Cherokee Nation. Additionally, Indian Territory was established as an official Indian reservation in present-day Oklahoma, which promised to be the last time the indigenous nations would be forced to leave their homes in order to make room for white people. 
The act was passed in 1830, but there were several delays in Congress, particularly thanks to Cherokee Chief John Ross's lobbying efforts. There's mm. another Native American with a very white man yeah, named right. John Ross. John Ross. You know that wasn't his name. Anyway, <laughs> unfortunately, his attempts to revoke the act failed, and in 1838, the American government finally enforced the removal of the Cherokee. Some Cherokee in the area had already moved west to avoid the violence and chaos that a forced March would create. Mm -hmm. But however, 16,000 still remained in the area. And by the time of the removal, these Cherokee members were rounded up and required to walk the 800 mile journey to Oklahoma. Wow. There were a few routes the Cherokee took to get there. Some sailed up rivers while others branched across different land paths. And one of these paths, known as the Northern Route, crossed Bollinger County and particularly Marble Hill. <laughs> and these records wow. were written by the U.S. Army overseers, indicating that the group passed through Bollinger. And the march started in the winter. Uh -huh. Congress showed no mercy for the people that they saw as thorns in their sides. And as a result of these cold conditions, around 4,000 Cherokee perished on the journey, which constituted approximately one-fifth of the total population of the Cherokee Dang. Nation. Mm -hmm. And Marble Hill does not have memorials to commemorate the Cherokee who passed mm -hmm. through. But about 30 miles west along the banks of the Mississippi lies the Trail of Tears State Park. And visitors can walk through the park and see the many memorials that there honor the Cherokee and the lives that were lost because of stupid Andrew <laughs> Jackson. You know what it really was, was cotton. What do you mean? Cotton started really booming in the early 18... Well, really, in uh, the cotton gin was invented in 1796. That's when Eli Whitney got his patent for it. Mm -hmm. So the cotton gin's creating more and more cotton. You want to grow more and more cotton. Mm -hmm. You want the lands to do it. Let's look at Mississippi. There's the perfect growing environment. There's the river. Uh -huh. And by 1850, the United States is going to supply 60% of the world's cotton. Dang. And there'll be more millionaires per capita in Mississippi than anywhere else in the world. Really? So who was there that they had to get rid of but the Cherokee sure. Nation and the other indigenous tribes that got caught up oh, in I this see. as well. So that's and that's not only mm. Andrew Jackson. That's our statesman, um, John C. Calhoun. Calhoun. And we took down his statue in 2020. And good riddance to it seriously statues aren't history right putting up a statue is history right how long it lasted is history that's and right. taking it down is history that's exactly but if right. you want to read the works of john c more. calhoun go to your library right they're there history is not erased thankfully history took that statue down that was a good downtown you know, and you know honestly the john c calhoun statue was literally not half a block away from the mother emmanuel church where that tragic shooting took place mm -hmm. and what year was that 2017 maybe maybe yeah and there's John C. Calhoun standing right... Yeah, oh, it's awful. Anyway, so... I know. Good riddance. Yep. And here we are in the diary. August 1st, 1935. After supper, Matt and Bill came to take Francis and me swimming. Well, first we went to a little place, but George's birthday picnic was there. We helped a man who had a wreck by Bill giving him a nickel, went to Moccasin Hole, but it was too sunny, went to Bear Hole, but it was too leafy. We went to Possum's Creek on the other side of Lutesville, had to walk on gravel, gee, it hurt my feet, ate a watermelon afterwards. Can I, I say tried? something? Yes, please. Yeah, yeah. My mother said, she, 
you know, she didn't know that her mother swam. Well, she, she doesn't. She doesn't swim. No. Right. She, they try to t- teach her. I yeah. know Bill tries to teach her. Bob tries to teach her. Yeah. I think she just wades into her That's waist. That's what I'm thinking, too. And then screams when something fish hits her foot right. and runs back out. <laughs> or a snake hanging from the branches I like was going to say, week. yeah, in this description, it was like, try this porridge and yeah, it's too hot. Exactly. That's a yes. <laughs> but, I, but my thought was, uh-huh. went to Moccasin Hole, but it was too full of snakes. Yeah. I mean, I would never in my life go to go Moccasin, to Moccasin Hole. Hole. But yeah. what cute names. Moccasin Hole, Bear Hole, Possum's Creek. <laughs> yeah, we, we've got to go visit all these places. Yeah. But guess what? what? When we ended last week's episode, mm-hmm. she and Jack, she had made a date with Bill mm-hmm. and she regretted it mm-hmm. because she was really feeling a lot of feels for Jack. Yeah. So it looks like she followed through and went on this date with Bill. Right. So because right. this is just a couple of days later. So at least she was true to her word. Yeah. She didn't hurt Bill's feelings. And of course, this was Bill Teeters, who was studying to be a school teacher. And of course, he's going to be sticking around for a while. Mm. And I don't know who Matt is, because now, for some reason, she's not giving us last names anymore. Okay. I wonder if calling people by their first and last name was such a school thing. Like, oh, there's Bernice Chambers, or there's uh-huh. Margaret Abel, uh-huh. and just because it's school. But a friend thing, it's more But now just you're just meeting... Casual. You know, yeah, I guess. Maybe. Because we don't get names anymore. Matt. Matt. August 2nd, 1935. Well, we washed a gigantic washing this morning. I dreamed about Rex last night and got a letter from him today. After dinner, I took a bath and went down to pay the light bill. Went to Maxine's, got books from her. Mary Ellen walked up the street to the post office with us. I went back to Mary Ellen's. We went with her dad after ice. She drove a little, was coming back. Whoops, my dear. Talked to some boys up at Allen's, came home and took mother to town. Jack had come up in between trips and made a date for tonight. I sat on the rock with Lucille and Francis until he came. We took Charles and Truman to the show, went riding and ate a pineapple sundae. He took me home after the show. He's going to St. Louis tomorrow. The one thing I just want to point out for sympathy for me, did you see how long that article it, was, uh, that, that entry, entry was? Yeah, it's long. The, the diary writing. hasn't gotten any bigger. Right. The writing now yeah. is, and it curves. So t- sometimes you get to the end and you start reading and go, oh, I just read that one. Okay, let's go. But, whoop, uh-huh. That's a lot of information. But I love this, yeah. was coming back, whoops, my dear. What? She yeah. wrote that. What does that mean? I mean, I think she meant to say to add in whoops. like what else she had done. She didn't get it in order. Oh, that's the only thing that right. I can think of. But uh, she she dreamed of Rex and then got I a little. Know. She had a little woo moment. Yeah. Those are the best. <laughs> so there she's hanging out with Mary Ellen. I love how she says we went after ice or we went right. after butter. Right. It's such a colloquialism oh, yeah. that I've never used. No. But of course, we know what she means. We also we already met Mary Ellen. She'll end up marrying a man who whisks her away to New Jersey, where mm-hmm. they owned a newspaper company. And then we have Truman. So I figured he must be a friend of Jack's. So I looked for this age group, and he, this Truman was born in 1915. When I was looking up who his parents were, I found it really interesting because his mom was the only parent listed in his find a grave listing. Yes, it'll say like parent. It just had the mom. Huh. So it looks like she got married, 
had a child, and got a divorce all between the 1910 and the 1920 census. All right. So it's so it's so hard for me. Uh, yeah. But I right. found her marriage license to Truman's dad in 1914. Truman is born in 1915. Something happens to that husband. I don't know if mm-hmm. it's a divorce or a death. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I don't know. I can't mm-hmm. find him anywhere. Mm-hmm. And by 1919, she's remarried. She'll have a bunch of other children, so Truman grows up with a lot of half-siblings. And in 1937, Truman marries Miss Theola Brown, and they live with her parents for a while while he's working at a sawmill. And she was a news journalist for the Banner Press. No. So when we finally get our hands no. on that newspaper, we're going to have to look for Theola Brown's byline. All right. Maybe she ran one of the gossip columns. <laughs> But unfortunately, their marriage doesn't last. In 1952, he's remarrying a woman named Opal Looney. But what I thought was really interesting was that his Mm ex-wife also got married again in 1952. So they both found love and moved yeah. on at the same time, which is kind of kind of neat, kind of neat. But I don't know when they got a divorce, so I don't know okay. how long it right. took their hearts to right. heal. Yeah. Right. <laughs> August third, nineteen thirty-five. Dean and I went to town and got some stuff for the picnic tomorrow. The Hackers, Matthews, Hartzels, and a Walter King here from Indiana to learn the business are going up to Big Spring tomorrow. Jack delivered some stuff after dinner. Mary Ellen came up for a few minutes, was reading on the porch, and L.H. came by delivering papers. He stopped for a while. After supper, Francis and I spread sandwiches, went down to Mary Ellen's, sat on the bench, and talked to Kelly and L.H., danced in Jones's a little. Ray danced some. L.H. bought me a Coke and talked about camp life. Then he went home with me and Francis. Well, I guess Jack is in Potosi by now. He'll go to St. Louis tomorrow morning. I've never heard the expression spread sandwiches. Yeah, well, yeah, I but guess it makes sense. Like butter? Like, like spreading? Well, you, I used to buy cheese. like um, sandwich bread, like ham, deviled ham sandwich oh, bread. Oh, right. So maybe that's what they were using. I'll bet, yeah. But they spread, spread I would just say made sandwiches. Yeah. That's funny. Huh. And I wonder if this mystery LH fellow mm-hmm. is in the CCC talking about camp life. What else would he be talking about? You know, because uh-huh. he's life. yeah. So right. it made me think he was one of the many, on the many go, like through the town. You mean like no, like maybe he had had one of those year long stints with the uh, CCC. Yes, so he's talking right. about camp life. I gotcha. But it's so frustrating that he uses right. initials. Because you're yes. never going to find people yeah. like that. But then I haven't given up on trying to find Marble Hill News. So I go to newspapers.com and I put Marble Hill in quotes. Yeah. And I put 1935 and I just search to see if yeah. this happened in Marble Hill or whatnot. And I happened really? to just stumble on this. It says E.H. Bess, wife, daughter, and son L.H. of Marble Hill spent a few days at the latter part of last week visiting in the J.H. O'Connor home here. I don't know what newspaper I found that in. If I'm going to guess, it's probably the Mountain View, Missouri paper, because they'll sometimes have some Marble Hill news in their social column. So then I'm like, L.H. Yeah. So now that's L.H. Bess. 
So his real name was Lester H. Bess. Okay. He was born in 1912. His parents were Ephraim and Marietta, and they were farmers. Wow. L.H. actually goes to college, but he doesn't get married until he's 31 years old, and he marries a young lady named Pearl Matthews. They'll have one son, a little boy named Ronald. He was born in 1945, and Lester will look, work for the school district. So I don't know if that means he's a teacher or an administrator, because mm-hmm. I guess they all work for the district. But sadly, in 1964, L.H. will choke to death. Oh, no. (gasps) On his death certificate, it said he probably had a foreign object that caused him to choke. Oh, dear. But they don't say what it was. So if they're like, well, maybe something's in there. Chicken Didn't they check? But here's the more interesting. They always have contributing factors to death, Mm -hmm. right? And this, the contributing factors were schizophrenia and paranoid delusions. Yikes. Poor thing. And his address on the death certificate was a state hospital. So it looks like LH had been committed. That's so weird to read this entry and then think about that. I mean, LH brought me a Coke. He talked about camp life. And then to hear that. I know. And he was a school teacher. Yeah. Oh, Mm. I know. Isn't that awful? Yeah. He dies in 1964. So Elizabeth Mm. would have known about it because she's there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, Pearl, his wife, will live until 2002. She never remarries, Mm. but she ends up working as a housekeeper for the rest of her life, I Mm -hmm. guess, to make ends meet. And unfortunately, their son, Ronald, will commit suicide in 1982. So the mental health was in the family. Oh, So what a tragedy for not just this family, but for Pearl, Mm -hmm. whose husband, Chokes mm-hmm. to death in a, a mental hospital, and then <laughs> whose son is so he, ill yeah. that he takes his own life. Aww. Poor Pearl. His son, uh, Ronald, was only 36 when he died. Oh, I know. That's really cool, though, how you came across that. I mean... That's out of the blue. It's just out of, on a whim. Because, you know, <laughs> you, you get like a little thumbnail of the newspaper that has what you're looking for highlighted. Because yes. sometimes they'll talk yes. about a hill of marble, and I know I'm I not going to click on that sure. article, right? right? But this one, I just looked at it, and I saw LH. That's and I, wild. Right under... And I'm like, what? what the, uh, yeah. So it just so happened to stumble yeah, upon it. That's wild. That's I'm telling right. you, I think your grandma is looking out I for agree. me. And she's like, well, look at this article. I know, I hear All you. Right? I yep. think it's so cool. Mm-hmm. Now, this Walter King, who's here from Indiana to mm-hmm. learn about the business, mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's the railroad business. Yeah, and she's okay. staying with, uh, he's staying in town with, uh, at the hotel, but I can't find him. Okay. There are a lot of Walter Kings in the world mm-hmm. and Indiana, but they're going to Big Spring for a little picnic with all these other families, which mm-hmm. is nice. They're making friends in town. And Big Spring was one of Missouri's first state parks. Oh. It was a state park from 1924 until 1969 when the people of Missouri donated it along with Alley and Round Springs states parks to the National Park Service to become a part of the Ozark National Scenic River. So it was a gift from Missouri to America. Okay. So apparently the spring is awfully big. There is an average daily flow of 286 million gallons of water. Big Springs is an awesome site and a geological wonder. And underground passages carry water to Big Spring from as far away as 45 miles. How cool. What? I know, right? We're going there. We're going there and we're going to have some water. Because there's plenty of it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, what do they say? In the future, wars won't be fought yeah. over oil. It'll be fought water. over water. Yeah. Well, let's go Clean stock up. Water. Yeah, really. <laughs> I wonder how far that was. Do you know? I'm trying to Big measure Big Spring? It. Yeah. I don't know. It was quite a bit. Are it you... was like 
60 miles from Marble Hill. Oh, well, she always says what? Oh, here we go. In the next entry, she'll tell us how long it took them to get there. August 4th, 1935. Got up about 6, and after doing a round, we got off at 7. Leon, Francis, and I rode with Mother and Dad. Dean and Helen went with the Harkers. The Matthews got behind us at Glen Allen. We got to Big Springs State Park about 10. We rode around looking at the spring and the beautiful sights. Two CCC boys took my picture. After a big dinner, we roamed around and watched them swim. Mother, Marjorie, and we four Hartzell girls took a thrilling motorboat ride. It was all grand. We all ate watermelon after wandering around some more, and we had supper. Left about six and got home about eight. I washed and then wrote to Pee Wee. Had a pretty good time, I guess. Walter King, the new B. Johnson man, is real nice looking and nice acting, too. I'm so tired. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, there's so much in one. But I love how these two CCC boys took her Mm -hmm. picture. That means somewhere Mm -hmm. in Missouri, someone has an old box that their dad took a picture of this pretty girl at the park he worked in. You're right. And it's your grandma. And it's sitting there somewhere in the box. And she's so beautiful. Oh, my gosh. But here she is. She's writing to Pee Wee. Mm -hmm. So she's keeping up her correspondence. right? Back way back in Monticello. She'll write to Pee Wee her whole life. Isn't that something? I know. When she makes a friend, she keeps Mm -hmm. a friend. I don't hear about her writing to Lil that often, though. Right. So whatever happened to them in Bell? Hmm. But Walter King is real nice looking and real nice acting. Too. All right. <laughs> yep. But I did want to look up what the CCC was doing in Big Springs. Okay. And they started there in 1933. And within one year, 4,000 men would be employed on over 40,000 acres of Missouri parklands. By 1936, 10 state parks and three federal recreational demonstration areas had camps active in a variety of tasks, ranging from quarrying the road to um, building Mm. bridges and dams, landscaping, trail development, and building a wide variety of service administrative and recreational buildings and facilities. Of the 26 state parks that existed by 1938, 20 were developed to some extent by CCC manpower. Isn't that great? Gosh. Civil Civil, uh, Conservation Corps. Corps. Yeah, yes. uh, they called it Roosevelt's Tree Army. <laughs> okay, love it. Yeah, because they did plant like a billion trees. Yeah, right. I mean, they were trying to stop the Dust Bowl. These yes. boys, the CCC ended because mm-hmm. World War II started, and then they uh-huh. needed those men, that manpower gotcha. for that. It should have started right back up mm-hmm. again. And I guess to some extent, it's part of the National Park Service now. But of course, Biden's new program, the, the infrastructure. No, no, that new alphabet soup program he just started, mm-hmm. the civil. The, I can't remember. You can't, said it was, it in, was the paper just in the paper, and ago. you saw that thing on CNN yes, or whatever. About that's right. Yeah. Um, so it's like the it's like the modern it's the version. New, it's more yeah. about um, creating sustainable neighborhoods and mm. things. Mm-hmm. So it is starting again, mm. and that's exactly <laughs> what we need. So I think that's really cool. And I have a picture of a house that the CCC built in Big Springs Park, oh. and it's I don't know if it's the Rangers' house or if it's a place where you just go and get your right. maps and information. And they, you know, when you hike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny. When other people hike and you go along the trail and you'll see like a bench with a little roof over it. Yeah. So you can sit if it's raining or just sit uh-huh. and like have a snack. CCC boys built those. Okay. Isn't that neat? Yes. So they're making trails and looking yeah. out for bears and cougars yes. and whatever lives in Missouri. Mm-hmm. That's dangerous. 
That's why they can mm. go in the woods and I'll just mm-hmm. look at documentaries about the woods. <laughs> <gasps> Speaking of documentaries, there's a new Ken Burns documentary yeah. about the United States and the Holocaust. Oh. And just because this is the era that we're in, because yeah. it's starting, it's oh, 1935, sure. the Holocaust is starting. Absolutely. That's something we should watch. And, All right. and talk about sure. and cover because that's an I'm that's very an curious as to what sort of angle curious. they take or what happens. And it's Ken Burns. Can, yeah, so right. you know the research is Love impeccable. It. Love it. Mm-hmm. Hello, I'm Laurel from Kansas City, and you're listening to My Grandma's Diaries. August 7th, 1935. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Maxine phoned and asked me to go to the picnic at Leopold with her this afternoon. She and Mary Ellen came by about two. After I had bathed and cleaned up, we got about three miles out of Lutesville and the battery went dead. It wouldn't start, so we had to be pushed all the way to Marble Hill. We sat in Allen's until Charles took us to Lutesville. We got an ice cream sundae and sat around in the drugstore. Went up to Farley's and got a ride with a candy salesman. Mary Kate sat on the porch with us a while. We four girls went to town and saw Jack on his porch. He phoned as soon as we got home, said he was coming up about 7.30. He came and took us to Lutesville, and we talked to Walter, went on a little ride with Jack, and went down to see Maxine for a while, came home, and sat on the porch. So when I was curious about where Leopold was, it's Mm -hmm. four miles outside of town. So they made it three. (laughs) (laughs) It's four miles. But then I just realized in real time, Mary Ellen is Mary Ellen Allen. Who's she? I that's forgot. she's she and Mary Ellen came by. That's who they were going to um, Leopold with. For yeah, the picnic. right. But and then they sat in Allen's until uh, Charles took us to Lutesville. So this is something that your grandmother does. Yeah, she never uses the. Like if she's going to see like in Bell, if she's yeah. going to see the Terrell, she right. went went to Terrell's. Really? She and so now it confuses it's, me to no end. Is Allen's. it a store? Yes, that's what I thought. And does Mary Ellen's parents own the drugstore? But I seem to remember looking up Mary Ellen's parents. I would have known if mm. they owned the drugstore. Mm. Mm. So mm. did they sit at the Allen's right. until Charles came, or a place? Because she always talks about going to Allen's, and I just assumed it was a drugstore. I would think so, but now I'm doubting it myself. I, yeah, I, I don't know. know. Allen's. Because we need a Sanborn fire map. They don't Marble. have one for Marble Hill. I know. Hill. I've looked, I too. looked today. Yeah. Uh, isn't that I know. disappointing? Yeah. God. I know. We just, I don't know how we're going to figure all this out. It'll come together. Eventually. And that's the beauty of this podcast. It sure is. It's like just talking to Phil Terrell today oh after God. we just left Phil and that's just gave wild. him his goodbye yeah. in episode 24. Right. 
And oh right, my gosh, it's right. just crazy. But I love, they got a ride with a candy salesman. I know. And in, you know, the one thing that my kids and I always joke about is yeah. like, don't accept candy yeah, from right, a stranger. Right. And they go, well, that depends on what's the candy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're just like, hey, the kids the, want to yeah. ride? Oh, sure. Just the innocence of the day. Mm. I was going through that Marble Hill newspaper thing, and I did see on August 7th that mm-hmm. Marble Hill was having a pie supper. And the pie suppers around there, and probably the other ones mm-hmm. you went to, were money raisers. I think you talked about that. Yeah, they were. On the TikTok you made. And this one was for a workers fund, but mm-hmm. I don't see her going to pie suppers anymore. Really? Not at all. I wonder if they just kind of, you know, faded out of history, Well, the pie I mean, supper. they're definitely still happening. Are they? And they'll happen when Loretta Lynn meets her husband, because it's in the movie. Yeah. So pie suppers are definitely still a thing. Okay. But she went to that apron and overall party yeah. when she first got to town, which I thought was really yeah. cute. But yeah, no, no right. real mention. I mean, not so far it could uh, pop up. August 8th, 1935. Went to town with Lucille this morning. Got a collar from Billy and a letter. The collar is his own handiwork, and it's precious. After supper, we started waiting for Dad. It was eight before he came. Jack was here, so we went to town. That's the collar that she's wearing in the the photos. In the photo with the four girls? Yes. I think that's... Yes, yes. It it would have to be. And that makes sense timing-wise, too. Yes. Aw, Billy made that. I know. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. If you don't know what we're talking about, it's like a doily over her neck. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And we'll put that picture, even though I know everyone's seen it, just to refresh them. I'll put it on the Patreon. How neat. I know. And you know she probably kept it for years and years. Yeah. That that's kind of her trademark, I think. That's what I used to think of when I was a kid and saw her picture. That she always, you know, just that doily on her. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, and it was mm-hmm. Billy. Yeah, Billy made it. Cool. God, isn't that cool? Yes. So Good nice. Good find. Mm-hmm. August 9th, nineteen thirty-five. We got a telegram that Grandpa is going to have his eye removed tomorrow in Circe. He's been terribly sick, poor man. Jack came after supper, and I was here alone. All the rest of them had gone to the show at Lutesville. We sat out in the yard and in the house. His eye removed? Oh, my God. Well, we knew that Grandpa was blind. Yeah, he was blind. And I looked it up, and eye removal surgery may be needed in cases of a painful blind eye, Uh eye cancer, or Mm. a severe injury. Now, we know it wasn't an injury or infection. So maybe he had cancer in his eye? Uh Or maybe just you can Mm. have a painful blind eye. Maybe right. Ew. I know. What, what's that operation look like in 1935? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, no. Yeah. They probably had to tie him down. Grandpa well, is sure going to have his eye removed tomorrow. They had anesthesia by then. Did they? And they had morphine. Yeah, they did. Right? So yeah. They, they knocked him out. Yeah, and right. And he woke up one-eyed grandpa. Ooh. He lives about another three years from now, right? He dies in 38, um, Yes, he does. Like I think 38 or 39. Yeah. And this is the grandpa, obviously, down in Step Rock. Right, right. And we heard stories of him, like, since he was blind... He would have to grab onto the clothesline to make it through the yard, the backyard. Where did you hear this? From mm, someone, Ruth. Oh, probably Ruth. Yeah. 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 Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, bless his heart. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that so that and was then, a lot for Ella to be taking care of him. Yes. Especially being blind. Yeah. Oh God, yep. poor thing. Mm-hmm. Poor grandpa. I wonder oh. if they had. To, oh. I wonder if they got to keep the eyeball though. 
No. Okay. Oh, but wouldn't it be fun if they put it in like a solution in a jar? Yes, that would be fun. And you know, back then you could have your organs. So I maybe, know. Wouldn't that be let funny? You keep them. Yes. That'd be really, I hope they did. I hope someone was like, here's Grandpa's eye. Absolutely. And then they tortured the little kids with it. Grandpa's <laughs> watching you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's the kind of fun we would be having in this tragic situation. <laughs> August 11th, 1935. Went to Sunday school this morning. Went to Lutesville after a big chicken and sherbet dinner. Mary Ellen and Lucille came. We sat in the drugstore a long time. Started walking home and walked every step of the way. We thought that Mrs. Slinkard was going to pick us up, but she was stopping for someone else. Jack phoned and said he was coming up. He came after supper and we sat on the porch. Went to see Francis and Mary Ellen at the central office. We went to Allen's and back to the office, sat out on the porch after moseying home slowly. So again, I don't know if Allen's is a place I, or a I think home. it's a place. I mean, I would think so. Yeah, I Went think. to Allen's. Yeah. I don't know. My, the twins might know this. Yeah. Oh, that's a good, yeah, yeah. good we, we should make a list of questions for the yeah. twins. I want to mm-hmm. know about Moccasin Hole and Bear Hole and Possum yeah. Creek. And, right. And then she had a big chicken and sherbet dinner. Well, I uh, hope not at the same time. Yeah. But here's the thing about her. She never talks about a vegetable. You're right. I mean, even yeah. when she gets married, it'll yeah. be like, oh, blah, blah, came home for lunch and we uh-huh. had steak and biscuits. I'm like, and a green bean? <laughs> right. I mean, so, something. Something. I, maybe yeah. since they're not the star of the meal, they're not talked about. Maybe. And she does love her chicken dinners. She'll talk hmm. about a good old chicken dinner all, all right. the time. So I don't know why that they was had so. Chickens. They definitely in the had chickens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But Sherbert, she didn't tell us what flavor <laughs> and if they made it themselves. So True. I don't know. Yeah, right. August 12th, 1935. We didn't do much this morning. Francis' mother and I had a big argument. Francis and I looked at the Sears' new catalog after dinner. Mary Kate came. I had to go after the mail, and she went with us. After supper, I cleaned up. Francis was going to stay with Mary Ellen again. Lucille wanted me to stay with her. I sat on the porch with her and Mrs. Barker. Mary Kate came, and we all helped string beans. Jack came, and we sat on the porch. It was looking stormy. Bill phoned and wanted me to go on a wiener roast. I couldn't, of course. It started raining. Jack didn't feel well and left early in spite of the rain. And he has a cold. Okay, so now we have a last name for Lucille. Oh, right. It's Lucille Barker. Barker. Finally. So now I still don't know where they live. Uh Because, like, I can't find any Barkers on any census records. So, Hmm. like Elizabeth and her family, they could have moved there in Mm -hmm. 1931, for all we know. But Mabel Lucille Barker was born in October of 1918 and less than one year from this entry. And remember, she's dating someone right now. She's dating a, a boy named Walt. Oh, right. But less than one year from today's entry, she'll marry a man named Robert Caldwell. Robert was the postmaster of Lutesville and older than he. He was born in 1906. He served in World War II as a captain, and then he stayed in the military in the reserves and rose to the rank of major, which is pretty cool. While he's in service, he had to resign from being the postmaster, Mm -hmm. and Lucille took his place for exactly one day. All right. And then they found someone else. I don't know if that was just a formality, like, we can't go a day without a postmaster. And she's like, I'll do it. 
right. then that person resigned when he came back in 1942. I can't see whether they had any children mm-hmm. or anything, and there's nothing on their find a grave to indicate that they had children. So that's a mystery. But Lucille dies in 1976. Mm-hmm. So even though she's 12 years younger than her husband, she dies first. Mm. But he can't live without her. He dies two years later mm. in 1978. I would wonder she died young. Mm -hmm. So I would wonder, you know, I wish I could have all the death certificates. I'm fascinated by a good death certificate. (laughs) I don't know why. Maybe it's the older I'm getting. August 14th, 1935. Mother and I went to Lutesville and saw Bill. Bill phoned and asked me to go stir around with him. He came about 7.30 or 8, and I introduced him to my folks. We went to Leopold and then nearly to Glen saw the beacons searching for airplanes, came back and got a Coke. So at the last episode, at the end of it, she was sorry she had a date with Bill, Mm -hmm. but she went with Bill. Mm -hmm. They went to all those holes. Mm -hmm. And now she's with Jack. And then she's refused dates with Bill. But now Bill calls to stir around. And she's like, I'll go stir around. (laughs) So I wonder what made her change her mind about that. But anyway, like I said, Bill's not going anywhere. But I was curious about these beacons searching for airplanes. What'd you find out? Well, uh, this is what I found out. In the early days of flight, there were no navigation aids to Mm -hmm. help pilots find their way. Because I always wondered how... How'd they know to get from... How did Lindbergh know where Paris was? Right. I, I mean, yeah. how, how, what if he got off course just a little bit and went right over England into Iceland or something? Yeah. Anyway, he made it. But pilots flew by looking out of their cockpit, mm-hmm. looking for visual landmarks, mm-hmm. or by using automobile roadmaps. That's a good idea. Sure. But these uh, visual landmarks are great for the daytime, mm-hmm. but airmail operated around the clock. So in 1919, the U.S. Army Air Service, Lieutenant Donald L. Baruner, began using bonfires and the first artificial beacons to help with wow. night navigation. And in February of 1921, an air mail pilot named Jack Knight put this to the test with his all-night flight from Chicago to North Platte, Nebraska. Knight found his way across the Black Prairie with help of bonfires lit by post office staff, wow, farmers, cool. And the public. That's a scene. So even out of a, a movie. farmer would be like, "Hey, kids!" Yeah. and then wait for the plane. Wow. That, what a and great, exciting like, yeah, night for, for that sure. farmer! I love that. It's so cool. By July of 1923, ideas for lighted airport boundaries, spot-lit wind socks, and rotating beacons on towers had taken hold. The mm. army opened an experimental lighted airway between McCook Field in Dayton, Ohio, and Norton Field in Columbus, a distance of 72 miles. Beginning in 1923, the post office worked to complete a transcontinental airway of beacons on towers spaced 15 to 25 miles apart, each with enough brightness or candle power to be seen for 40 miles in clear weather. It's cool. Neat. It's like a lighthouse, right? Right, for, kind of. For, uh, yes, yeah. a lighthouse for airplanes. airplanes. So smart. And each tower had a number painted on it for daytime identification. Hmm. And then at night, the beacons flashed a different sequence so that the oh. pilots could match their location to the guide they carried. Wow. Uh, that's really cool. Isn't that smart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. 
know. And official emergency fields were lit with green lights wow. and dangerous fields were marked with red. I love it. Just like shipping, like the green and yeah, red right. lights in the harbor. Yeah. And by September of 1935, marked the first simultaneous transmission by radio telephone of mm. voice and weather information and radio beacon signals for navigation started. Okay. Isn't that right cool? that year when she wrote this. But can you imagine it started with bonfires? I know. On some farmer's field. Can you imagine? Uh, and post offices. Yes. God, yeah. The importance of the post office and right. the road systems just can't be underestimated oh, sure. in the development of this country Amen, and communication. Oh, mm-hmm. Pony Express. Oh, mm-hmm. I love it. August 15th, 1935. After supper, Jack came up. After a while, the folks took us to Lutesville, came back and sat on the porch, walked down the street and sat on the schoolhouse steps. We had our first quarrel. He said I had broken a promise. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, it's a small town, so he must have found out about her and Bill looking at airplane beacons. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's probably... What it was. And I think it's funny. It's like, we had our first quarrel. I'm like, that's not a quarrel, girl. That's you went on a date with someone else, and that right. means you owe him an apology. Right. <laughs> but yeah, oh, Jack has his eyes and ears on the street. <laughs> <laughs> August 22nd, 1935. Bill phoned and asked me to go to the tent show in Lutesville tonight. I refused. Francis and I went to Hopkins. Jack said he'd be up about 7.30. All the folks went to the show in Lutesville. We sat on the porch until the folks got home. Bill asked Mary Kate, but she had a date. Mm-hmm. Hey, one thing, when yeah. they mentioned this tent show, yeah. I don't know what podcast I was listening to. Oh, it was like one of my strange and unexplained podcasts. Uh-huh. But it was about the beginning of circuses and yeah. how they started and how they got really big. Mm-hmm. And in 1935, there was a huge circus disaster in some New England hmm. state. Basically, a lot of towns didn't want circuses mm-hmm. in them. So they would put them just out of town uh, to attract right. people. And they had to be temporary. So they would put these big tents. And the walls were cloth. And the roof needed to be waterproof Mm -hmm. so they would treat them with gasoline okay so and here's what's interesting all circuses had like a warning signal like if something goes wrong get out and it would be if the band started playing stars and stripes forever no way right and you'd be like get the hell out of here Uh, but one of the in this 1935 tent Uh disaster one very important person survived this yeah Charles Nelson Riley. Oh, really? Yes, he had his mom had told him not to go to the circus That's odd. and he lied to her and went with his friend to the circus. Oh. It caught on fire. It killed hundreds of people, <gasps> but, but not, not Charles Nelson cuz he got lucky. He fell off like it, it's in his one man show. He fell off the back and was, there was a guy there with a, like a pocket knife who uh-huh. cut a slit in the tent and they got out. Wow. But weird. other people did not. Yeah. Oh my that god. Is the story was crazy. That is but crazy. there's that gasoline again. Yeah. We had a viewer contact me recently that her grandma used gasoline for laundry right up until like she died in the 1990s. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> right? But hey, you yeah. know, old habits die hard. Yeah. And then I was looking for Mary Kate. Um, Mary Kate was a an interesting one to search for. Mm-hmm. I found out that her last name was Newell, and you'll know why by the end of this episode when I discovered it. So I just wanted to come back here and talk about her. Mm-hmm. I put her in Ancestry, and immediately there's a record in 1930 where she's living in Marble Hill with her parents, Samuel and Molly, and it says on the census record that she's their adopted daughter. Okay. Now, I don't know why that's necessary. Yeah, right. She's their daughter. Right. Who cares how she came into their life? Sure. 
I just thought that was weird. Does it say that on the census? Yeah, it says adopted I've daughter. Never seen I'm that. like, okay, back off census taker. It's there, it's yeah, my right. daughter. But then I'm clicking around on the parents' names because yeah. I, I can't find her anywhere else. And then in the census prior, I still see Sam and Molly living in Bollinger County, and they have a one-year-old named Chandler Mary Newell. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't say adopted daughter, <laughs> but it says daughter, daughter. and she's just a baby. But they, so they changed. So they must have, got, have gotten her. Her name was Chandler Mary, and they changed her name to Mary Kate. And maybe they had to put adopted daughter because it was a name change. I don't know why they How did weird. it. Weird. Okay. But after 1930, yeah. they all vanished. Oh yeah, really? They, nothing, nothing on the parents. That is nothing weird. on her. Okay, I can't find anything. Huh. So that's weird. Uh, I did find one article about a woman named Molly Newell dying at the age of eighteen and living leaving behind an infant, and then I saw that it was written in nineteen o two. I'm like, well, that can't be our girl. Right. But isn't that weird? Yeah, it what is a, weird. But her name was Molly, and so was hmm. her mother. Her adopted mother was named Molly, and this Molly Newell, who had a baby who died, who died in childbirth. Isn't uh-huh. that just weird? Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, that's just weird. The things you stumble on, hey? I know, I know the mysteries and the weirdnesses. Mm-hmm. But now it looks like she's making a Bill Jack choice. Right now, it has mm-hmm. turned back to Jack, right? Because she's saying no to Bill, right? So maybe she learned in the Henley Tommy situation, like not to hurt feelings. Mm-hmm. So she's like, let me try one yeah. boy at a time. <laughs> yeah. But we're not wrapping up Bill yet. Okay. August 23rd, 1935. Lucille came over this morning and we looked at catalogs. Then she and I went to town, went to Hopkins, and got some beans. Talked to Jack a long time. He gave us some ear bobs and promised us a job during the fair working in his stand. Came home and helped. After dinner, I slept. Cleaned up and Francis and I went to town after fixing sandwiches for Leon to take to the Sunday school picnic. After supper, Francis and I went after Mary Ellen, picked up Jack, and took him home. Mother and Dad went with us to the tent show. It was so good. Francis and I went back after the kids who were walking home. He gave them some ear bobs. I mean, that's nice. He gave them both earrings. What? That's so cool. The Bollinger County Fair is going to be coming up soon. So that's what he's talking about. They'll get to work in the stand. So maybe they're handing out like popcorn balls or I don't know what he has in mind for them. But that was nice. Of course, Jack's like, I'll give you a job. I mean, that's like flirty power. Like, I'll take care of you ladies, Mm -hmm. Jack. (laughs) August 24th, 1935. After dinner, I read until Maxine phoned and told me to come down. I cleaned up and went down and met Glenda on the way. And she went. We sat around and talked. Glenda and I went to Hopkins and got some candy. Sat in the yard and Mary Ellen was there, ate some watermelon, went up to the central office and worked for Mary Ellen a little. Met Mother and Francis and they took me to Lutesville. When I got home, Bill phoned and we talked a long time. I refused a date again. After supper, Francis and I went down to see Mary Ellen. I worked some time for her. Then Francis stayed with her, so I came home by myself, alone, unaccompanied. Just wait. I'm going to tell that Jack Hopkins something. (laughs) (laughs) So after all that, oh my God, she's going here, she's going there, my Lord. She's saying no to Bill, and then she's mad because Jack wasn't waiting to walk her home. (laughs) Aww, that's so cute. (laughs) But I love how she got mad about it. I know, But I love it. Came home by myself, alone. Alone, unaccompanied. (laughs) Just wait. (laughs) 
August 25th, 1935. Went to Sunday school this morning. Glenda, Francis, and I went to Lutesville and saw two cute showmen in front of the hotel. After dinner, Jack came up and asked me if I wanted to go to the show at Cape. I got ready, and we went by for his family, Mr. and Mrs. Hopkins, Charles, and Catherine. We went to the state safety exhibit at the park, and then we kids went to the show. It was W.C. Fields in The Man and the Flying Trapeze. It was good. After the show, we had to wait on his parents. They finally came. We got home about six. Jack walked home with me. After supper, he came back, and we sat on the porch with Lucille, Francis, and Mother. We went down to see Maxine, and Len and I worked, and we had drinks with potato chips. Jack and I came home early. Len came home with Francis and stopped a while. Jack went with him so Francis and I could finally have a talk. He made me so mad. Drinking. Oh, dear. Oh, that's the kiss of death right there. Seriously. That'll get you drop kicked yeah, yeah, right, right out of her life if yeah. you're drinking. Jack, oh, what a scandal. But I love how everyone's going to the tent show mm-hmm. in Lutesville, and then they saw two of the cute showmen. Yeah. I wonder, it makes me think they're like these European acrobats, uh-huh. and they're probably all muscly yeah, and right. handsome, like Mikhail uh, Brishnikov. And, and they're like, hi, showman. <laughs> and they're probably like, hey, ladies, we have candy. I love it. It's just, it's such we a cool candy. picture. candy. But they go to Lutesville all the time. It makes me wonder if Lutesville was a bigger town than Marble Hill or just more exciting. That's Why another they... twin talk, but they became one. Now yes. I think it's Marble Hill. Yeah, right? it is. It's all yeah. Marble Hill now. But yeah, it yeah. sounds like, I mean, they're always going there. It must be like, it's. I know from the twins, it's just over Across a little bridge. Yeah. So it's just on the other yeah. side of town. Right. I guess they're just looking for a good time. But uh-uh-uh, Jack is drinking. Mm. That's not cool. August 26th, 1935. Helped clean up the house, yard, and smokehouse this morning. After dinner, I slept. Wrote to Billy. Mary Ellen came and Lucille came over a while. She started to school today. Francis, Dean, and I took Mary Ellen home and went to Hopkins and exchanged watermelons. Cleaned up after a very early supper. Francis' mother and I went to Lutesville. Rode around a little while. Went to the show. Grace sat with us. Mary Ellen went home with Ward. Len had brought some gas, so we took him out to see the new roadhouse. Jack was at the show tonight with John and L.H. He had his car there, and he could have taken me. He was mad, I think, because of Len. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought Len was with Francis. I was going to say, why is he mad at Len? I know. Maybe oh. he's just misunderstanding the situation. Perhaps. But yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. That's, that's another weird one. Jack. And what's Jack's last name? Hopkins. Okay. Yeah, it's that's the general story. That's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. August 28th, 1935. I had to go to town, saw Bill down there, spoke to him when I was in front of Hopkins. He came along and picked me up. I asked him jokingly to let me go to Cape with him, and he took me up on it. We stopped for a Coke, stopped at a flower garden, and parked at Cape. Uh-oh. Right in front of Hopkins, where Jack works. <laughs> She's talking to Bill. Hi, oh. Bill. And then gets in the car with him and drives off to Cape. Uh. What is she doing? Mm. Well, that's what Jack gets for drinking. Yeah, right. That's payback. punishment. Yeah, that's revenge right there. Yeah. August 29th, 1935. Jack came at noon and asked me to go to Patton with him. Jack left his watch here so I would know what time it was since our clock is out of order. 
Louise was here when Jack came. We went up to meet the folks who were delegates from the Baptist meeting. His mother was one. After supper, Jack came up. He brought a letter from his German friend and a book of pictures from the World's Fair. He teased me about Bill. I don't know if he knows I went to Cape with him or not. He got drunk Tuesday night, but I don't know if that's why he was sick. Uh-oh, Jack. Jack. But I love that watch story. I do too. She's like, I don't know when it'll be too. And yeah. he's like, well, here, have here, my watch. Here, have my watch. Aww. I know. That's such a sweet scene. And that's a moment that I would want in the Netflix Absolutely. show too. Just to show I, these boys and yeah. how thoughtful they were yeah. and what gentlemen they were back then. I think it's cool that Jack has a German friend. Mm-hmm. And I had a like a European pen pal in school. It was mm-hmm. something the school arranged. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's how mm-hmm. we got them. But that year, the World's Fair was in Brussels, Belgium. Okay. And the expo was very successful, drawing over 20 million visitors, and it turned a good profit. It's hard to put the success, however, into context, just like it will be when the Paris has the World Fair two years later, because mm-hmm. World War II is coming up. Right. And then some of the permanent buildings of the fair, like the planetarium, will be destroyed in German attacks. There you go. Yeah, Thanks right. a lot. But the planetarium would be rebuilt on the same spot after the war. So Mm -hmm. I think that's great. But Brussels, despite the economic and political difficulties of the time, would build a remarkable ephemeral city and with 300 acres of standing block buildings with limited charm but amazing durability. (laughs) And they'll actually end up holding the 1958 fair on the same site well, in 1958. Right, <laughs> so, right. So isn't that cool? Yes, they but built yes, a city. Screw the Germans for coming in and blowing Seriously. up World's Fair stuff. I mean, you know, that war was so awful. Mm. I, you know, I lived in Germany, as you know, but in East Germany, God, the devastation of all the bombing and yeah. like the cities like Dresden, who just never yeah, right. would come back the way they were. Sure. What a tragedy. It is total tragedy. Churches and museums. Church, exactly. And, yep. Why can't the they just go play a game of chess? Bombed, I know. And just work it out. Yeah. I hate and lo- instead of losing young, handsome lives and women. Yeah. Oh. I know. August 30th, 1935. I got ready and went to school with Lucille and Mary Kate this morning. We got Mary Ellen, rode over with Mr. Hughes, the mail carrier, went in Teeter's candy store, but didn't see Bill. Went to town with Grace, went to American Problems class with her. Sat in the study hall with Jenny for two periods and wrote notes. Went to hygiene with Lucille. Went home with Grace for dinner. Had fried chicken and everything. And visited typing class. Grace, Mary Ellen, and I left after that. Rode home with Mr. Wiggs. Ward picked me up in front of Hopkins as I was coming home. Jack came up after supper. Ward came to take Francis to Jackson, so he asked us. We got ready and barreled out. Jack and I visited everything because he couldn't dance. Heck. We saw some acrobatic stunts for free. Had a good time with him. He's so cute and sweet. Isn't that nice? Hey, Bill's dad owns a candy store. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. That's um, nice. That's a good that's friend neat. to have when you're Elizabeth Hartzell. the candy store guy. She yeah. loves her some sugar. Yeah, right. Yeah, but Jack can't dance. Jack that's can't dance. That's not going to sit well with her either because she loves to dance. August wrap-up, 1935. I was with Jack 19 times this month and Bill three times. That makes 22 dates. I've had a pretty good time this month. Got to go to quite a few places. Bill phoned several times, but I refused. I like Jack a whole lot better. There you go. So she's and starting to make a choice. She's refused three times now. So Jack's up in the lead, like these Definitely. horses, and now yeah. he's a nose up. Yeah. But I haven't wrapped up Bill yet. No. 
September 2nd, 1935. Went to town this morning after the work was done. Went to the post office. Saw Jack both times. Dean and Helen started to school today. After dinner, I fixed on my memory book. Lucille came home and started crying so loudly that Frances and I went over. She was so hurt because she and Walt have quit. I went to town with her. After supper, Frances and I went to town with Lucille, went up to Maxine's. Frances and I had to come home and do the dishes. Met Jack and walked with him. Frances and I got out and went to Maxine's. Lucille had gone with Walt. We all read magazines and worked for Maxine. Jack had his car and took a whole gang of boys to Lutesville. Said he'd take me if he got the car. (laughs) Ah, see, now Jack's messing up again. Because she had just been mad that he went with John and LH and his Mm -hmm. car to the tent show and Mm -hmm. didn't ask her. And now he's taking a whole... Because he probably wants to have a couple drinks. Yeah, right. And he knows he can't do that. But Lucille and Walt have called it quits. She lives across the street. Was she crying on the porch? That's what I'm thinking. Is I mean, they heard she was her like, wailing. Somebody come and pay attention <laughs> yeah, to me. me. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. But it's okay because we had just met her a few yeah. entries ago. And in less than a year, yeah. she'll be Miss Lucille Caldwell. So she's going to bounce right. back. Yeah. In less than a year. Yeah. She, so she's mm. going to meet someone and then say, let's do it. Let's get married. Mm-hmm. That's pretty fast, even for back then. Mm-hmm. September 3rd, 1935. Went to Hopkins to look for a smock pattern. Jack waited on us, and I didn't say much to him. Frances' mother and I went riding with me at the helm. I passed Bill's, and he was on his porch. After I came back, Jack came by. We sat on the swing. I told him I was mad because he didn't take me last night. He said he would take me next time and was awfully sorry didn't stop her from riding by Bill's house then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, plan B, we're quick. Where's yeah. plan B? <laughs> and did, was she driving? Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you have to have a driver's license back then? Do you know? I don't. What's that? I doubt a thing? It. You just I, drove? I think yeah. you just, when you were, I don't even know if you had to be the right age. Yeah. People talk about driving when they're 12. That's wild to think of. My dad was born in 1924, yeah. and on his keychain until the day he died was yeah. the metal driver's license huh. that he had gotten i guess after world war ii oh, and they wow. would just stamp it on a piece of metal your name huh. your birthday and that was the driver's and license that was your driver's license wow. you didn't have a picture but it was a, and you just carried it with your keys it was like a dog tag yeah Isn't that neat yeah i think my brother has it now huh. that's a cool i'll have to ask him if yeah. i can see it and take a picture sure, of it yeah. september 5th 1935 we ironed this morning and i went to town jack had to rush up some coal oil at noon we were running out After dinner, we finished the ironing and pressed some things. Boy, I was really tired, so I rested. Frances and I got cleaned up and went to town, sat on the bench with Frances and Mary Ellen. Walt and Unc sat with us and asked us to go to the rendezvous tonight. We were rather leery. Jack phoned when I got home and asked me to go to the show. Of course I accepted. We went to Jackson to see Shirley Temple in Curly Top. Well, I don't know what to say. But I certainly think a lot of Jack. Huh. Well. Aww, so now Jack's back in front, despite the drinking and the not picking her up. Yeah, he must be She special. likes him. He, yeah. He, yeah. And we have that picture of him. He's cute as little button. Mm-hmm. So, And we have that picture of Bill. They're both real cute. Mm-hmm. So they're definitely mm-hmm. still in the running. Candidates. Yes. <laughs> September 7th, 1935. After supper, Jack came up. We sat on the porch a while, and then it got chilly, so we came in the house. 
read the paper and told each other a story, a true one, about ourselves. You know, dear diary, I really like him. I think lots of him. He told me last night that he cared for me more than I thought. So, I guess I have my wish I made a year ago last night. Funny how things can happen. So on September 6th of 1934, she wrote she wished she had a boyfriend, a Ah. show enough one who really liked me. Ah. So she fished her wish. But I love it. They told each other a true one, a true story. Do you think she said, my family and I lived in a tent? No. You don't? No, I don't. Really? No, I, I don't mean, think I'm he sure really she... knew. Oh, uh, surely. Well, you're eventually. Right. I no, mean, the you kids know. knew, so he did know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't I, know. You don't think it came out that soon? I don't. I really don't. I, wonder... I think she was sitting on that. Until... Maybe. Yeah, I'm sure she had other stories to tell. Yeah, a true story. A true. I mean, story. maybe you know. Who but that's knows? a real like. Let's that's really wild. get to know each other. Yeah. We haven't heard her talk like this. before. No, we haven't. So you're I, right. I'm, I'm liking. I'm liking Jack's chances. We'll see. September 8, 1935. Went to Sunday school at the Methodist Church this morning because there was no Sunday school at the Baptist Church on account of Doc Cull's funeral. After dinner, I went down to Maxine's and Lucille went along. Maxine got the car and we rode around a long time. Finally, we went out to the rendezvous, talked to John, Dale, and Lyman, laughed and drank a Coke, took the car to Maxine's, Jack and Len came by in Jack's car and took Maxine and me. We went riding and drank a Coke at the rendezvous. After supper, Francis curled my hair and we went over to meet Len and Maxine. They went with us after church, went to Allen's and rode some more. Jack got my ring, and when I asked for it back, he kind of got mad and didn't even walk to the door with me. That's all, though. I didn't even say bye. Jeez, the drama. This Ooh. is like, yeah. I, I feel like she's met her mood match. Yeah. You know, because yes. I think, I mean, yes. he she, he must have been like holding her ring, like, I'll wear it on my pinky. Uh-huh. And then she's like, all right, give me my ring back. And he yeah. got his feelings hurt because uh, uh-huh. he thought she'd say, no, you keep it. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure whatever. I she wonder if that's her high ring. school ring. I know. That's what I was thinking, too. Oh, it I, has I, to be. Yeah, we have that in she our possession. She have any other jewelry that we would know about. Mm. Oh, bless her that's heart. It. Right there. Well, let's meet Lyman. His name was Lyman Kinder, and we are familiar with the Kinder family because Wilma Slinkard will marry a Kinder ah. later in her life. She will be Wilma Kirkpatrick Kinder. <laughs> Lord, I don't um, remember all this. I don't know. Yeah, right. I don't know. I, don't I can't know remember what I wore yesterday. I know, but you remember. But shoot. Yeah. This is just my Linda. whole life. Yeah. I think about it. Mm-hmm. All I talk I about it all the time to anyone who will listen. I know. It's just obsessing. Yeah. Anyway. Lyman was born in 1909, and when Elizabeth meets him, he's the county assessor. But he'll end up becoming an insurance salesman in his lifetime, and that's what he was doing when he registered for the draft in World War II. He's drafted immediately, and he serves from 1941 until 1945. So that poor—they tried to kill that boy for, <laughs> for the years. entire war. <laughs> yeah, right. Bless his heart. That's what my wow. father used to always say about going they to World to War II, him. the yeah. time America tried to kill me. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's not mm-hmm. wrong. And Dad was a medic, so he got to be really? like away from big action. But was yeah. he a dentist in there? 
Jeremiah? No, he hadn't he even a... gone to medical school yet, oh. but he knew he wanted to be a doctor. Uh-huh, so, they... so that they put mm-hmm. him in what he was okay. good at. Cool. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. When he leaves the service, he's a sergeant. And during his time away, he will marry a woman. He'll come home and marry a woman named Mary Shirley in 1942. I can't begin to tell you if they had any children or not. And he dies in 1976. Gosh, mm-hmm. we've had a lot of people in this episode die in 1976. Hmm. What was happening? It's terrible. September 9th, 1935. Canned peaches this morning. After dinner, Francis and I sat on the porch. Mary Kate came by for a few minutes, and all us girls went down to Lutesville. After supper, Francis and I went to town. There was a whole bunch down there. We all sang, and Ray got his guitar. Jack was there and asked me if I wanted to go to Lutesville. Of course I did. We took a bunch of boys over there. John came with Grace. She and I sat in the car while the boys went to band practice. Got an ice cream cone and a snack. Huey Long was shot last night, and we listened to the news reports of him. After band practice, we took the boys to Marble Hill, and then Grace, John, Jack, and I went riding, went to wards, and ate. Jack got a letter from Bob. I was silly and thought it was about me, but it wasn't. Cute. <laughs> of course, isn't that cute? So but that's cute. that mean old Bob Drum. Ah. Um, which Huey he has Long. A, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Do you know who Huey Long is? I know the name. Was he a politician? You are 100% right. He certainly was. And it's funny because I always look at like what happened in this year to try to find on these days. And I had seen him a lot, but Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to talk about him because she wasn't talking about him. And then he gets himself shot. So now we can talk about Huey. Because I found him fascinating. He was a super far left Democrat. Made Mm -hmm. Bernie Sanders look like a Republican. For real? I mean, well, because he actually was trying to pass legislation. Called the Long Plan to redistribute wealth. Mm -hmm. That's what like people that are super right wing think is going to happen any minute now. Like (laughs) since since then, right? Well, this is probably where it started. Interesting, because he actually was trying in 1933. Uh So that the the ripple effect of that scaring people. Sure. It doesn't sound like a super bad idea. Yeah, right. Uh, however, it, I found it very interesting what he wanted. And no, and FDR was not interested in this. No, really? Okay. Well, because he, he was, was out super on far. His own. Right. I mean, we have super far even today. Of, of course, yeah. he certainly was. But what he wanted to do was um, cap fortunes at 100 million because, you know. You got to have at least a hundred million yeah. to consider yourself fortunate, uh-huh. and then limit the annual income to one million, and cap individual inheritances at five million. I don't know how I feel about that either, because I mean, well, yeah. that's maybe something in today money. Well, five million the... dollars isn't a ton of money today, but nonetheless, in February of 1934, on a radio mm-hmm. broadcast, Huey Long introduced his Share Our Wealth plan. The legislation would use the wealth from the Long plan to guarantee every family a basic household grant of five of five thousand dollars. So that would be $100,000 in today money. That's wow. a lot of money. So that was like you get a grant. Boom. Yeah. You get a, immediately $100,000 in your, in, in your huh. bank. That's great. <laughs> and he wanted a minimal annual income of one third of the average family homestead value in income. That's wow. a lot of words. So basically, he wanted to guarantee every American uh, a yearly stipend from the government, which uh-huh. ended up being about $50,000 a year. Wow. Which is about what people were making. That's 50 wild. to 80 was the annual income in 1934. 
50 to 80. That sounds like a lot. Well, as in today money. Oh, okay. Right? So uh, it, it, it works. Gotcha. And he wanted to use all this like income that, you know, that the wealthy, you know, would mm-hmm. be paying in, you mm-hmm. know, because they can only make 100 million. Right. Right? He wanted free college or vocational training, veterans' benefits, federal assistance to farmers, constant public work projects, greater federal economic regulation, a $30 extra monthly elderly pension, and a month's vacation for every worker, a 30-hour work week, and a $10 billion land reclamation project to end the Dust Bowl, and free medical service, and a war on disease led by the Mayo Brothers. I don't know who that is. And these reforms, he claimed, would end the Great Depression— they would. Well, well yeah. duh. And nobody wanted to do it. Wow. Because no one's going to go tell Rockefeller yeah, right. that you, you can only have a hundred million. hundred and one million. Yes. <laughs> you can't do that. You right. don't need a hundred million dollars. Yeah. I'm just telling everybody out there, uh-huh. Jeff Bezos does uh-huh. not need to be a, bi- nobody yeah. needs to be a billionaire. Uh, yeah. Right. No, but, it, but I'm, I'm not re- suggesting we share the wealth because honestly, I think if that happened and suddenly everybody, mm-hmm. boom. Like, let's pretend like I could wave a wand and everybody mm-hmm. took all the money in the mm-hmm. world and each took an equal share. Mm-hmm. Give it 20 years, we'd right, be right back where yeah, we are. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I, uh, anyway. So Huey Long, nobody likes him. On April 8th of 1935, Long traveled to the state capitol to pass a bill that would gerrymander the district of an opponent, a Judge Benjamin Pavy. And this judge had had his position for 28 years because mm. of the way his district was drawn. And at 9.20 p.m., the bill was passed, effectively removing Pavy from mm-hmm. ever getting office again, which was a good thing because it, obviously his district wasn't being represented in their vote. And Carl Weiss, Pavy's son-in-law, approached Huey Long and, according to the generally accepted version of events, fired a single shot with a handgun from four feet away, striking Long in the torso. Wow. Long's bodyguards, nicknamed the Cossacks, or the Skull Crushers, good lord, (laughs) then fired at Weiss with their pistols and killed him. An autopsy found Weiss had been shot at least 60 times. Good lord. I know. They... (laughs) Uh, Huey Long ran down a flight of stairs and across the Capitol gowns, hailing a car to take him to the hospital. He was rushed into the emergency room where the surgery closed to perforations in his intestines, but failed to stop the internal bleeding. Long died at 4.10 a.m. on September 10th, 31 hours after being shot. And according to different sources, his last words were either, I wonder what will happen to my poor university boys, or God, don't let me die. I have so much to do. I mean, this was a guy who really wanted to take, just yeah. take care of everybody, yeah. even if it was radical. Right. His heart was in the right place. Right. Over 200,000 people went to his funeral. And his remains are buried on the grounds of the Capitol. And then he has this really, really cool statue, Mm -hmm. which is like purposely unfinished, like his life's work. Oh. Isn't that interesting? What a cool artist came up with that idea. Yeah, right. So that will be on the Patreon, or you can just Google it, Huey Long. But I thought that was really interesting that she's starting to get newsy now. We're going to see her reading the paper a lot more. And who doesn't when they get out of school? They start like, what's going on? Sure. And we'll find a lot more opinions from her, even though people used to say, don't talk about that. She doesn't have an opinion. I I don't understand that, why some of our viewers would get angry about talking about her politics. Or or just the politics that were around her. Because, you know, she sits on the porch with her mom and dad. What are they talking about? They're talking about the depression uh, and politics. 
right. I'm sure everybody was. So people don't want us to read that part of her diary. Is that right? They, they want us to skip that part. Some a very like one percent of people are like, just stick to the diary. Don't talk about political. But things. she talks. Okay. Right. But it's important to under, we're painting a picture mm-hmm. of her life. And this is what was going on around her. Mm-hmm. You couldn't paint a picture of my life without talking about the things that influenced me, like 9-11. Mm-hmm. I exactly. might not, I don't, I didn't journal about 9-11, right. but I still have the newspaper exactly. from the next day and it changed my life. Yes. So, okay. But it's okay because very few people really complain. Most people love us. Okay, good. The way we are. Good. September 10th, 1935. Went to town for dinner stuff. After dinner, I rested. Cleaned up, curled my hair, went down to Maxine's, but she wasn't there. Went up to Jack's and got shoestrings. Talked to him a while, came home and read the paper. Maxine phoned and Francis and I went down. Mary Ellen went with us and we danced and sang on the porch. Ray took Francis, Mary Ellen, and me to Lutesville. Talked to Ted and then Spikey, who became a proud father today. After supper, I was sitting on the porch and intended to go to church when Jack came up unexpectedly. We talked of Huey Long's death, etc. Went riding with Francis and Mother. Francis talked to us on the steps a while. He didn't stay long. Several nights ago, he asked me to go to St. Louis with him. I hope I get to. Girl, how are you getting to St. Louis? I guess mm-hmm. with his family. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it wouldn't just be like, hey, girl. Yeah, that would let's, never let's happen. Right. But here we were just talking about her. Yeah. New, she reads the paper. Yeah. So girl is then. But let's talk about Spikey. Oh, Spikey is named Beaufort Elledge. How'd you figure that one out? Because I don't know. Beaufort Elledge? Yes. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Spiky Beaufort Ellen. Huh? I know, I know. Cute. But this town doesn't have nearly the yeah. nicknames that Bell did. Yeah. I don't know how I know him. I think I know him from reading in the future. Okay. Because I know right. his wife. I and gotcha. I don't know how. Okay. But again, my brain is exploding inside. No doubt. But he's married to a woman <laughs> named Wilma Reinhardt. Yeah. Uh, he married her in 1932. And this baby he's so proud of is the second child of four they're going to end up having. Mm. Spikey serves in World War II, and he'll get stationed in Hawaii. And when he comes home, they buy a farm, and they settle down there and raise their children. Spikey dies in 1976. Wow. What was in the That's water weird. in 1976? Like number five. I know. And Wilma died in 19. 19- Okay. I don't know, but I have their tombstone and everything. Huh. And I had it already on my desktop. Huh. I don't know. Weird. Yeah, I'll find out how I know this later. But, you know, I have read ahead. Her name sounds familiar to me. I don't oh, know. Really? Yeah, but... It'd be Wilma L. No, the first one you said. Wilma Reinhardt? Yes. Maybe we have already introduced her. I don't know. But that name sounds awfully familiar. You know, we had two Wilmas. Okay. In a past episode, I bet okay. you that's how that we already know it. her. And we just forgot that we already yeah, met her. I think we or did. Or better, I forget. Because well, you all clearly I'm remember. I'm clueless. <laughs> <laughs> September 13th, 1935. My cold was pretty bad this morning. After dinner, I met Maxine at the post office at 1. We went over to her house. We sat around, listened to the radio, heard Old Fashioned Love, requested by Maxine over KFUS, came home and took Dean to Lutesville after her shoes. Jack came up and said he'd be back as soon as he made the delivery. He walked back up and took us to Lutesville after Dad's shoes, got Mary Ellen and went over to Ward's, danced a little, Bill was in there. Took Ward for a little ride when we came home. Ray was here. He played his guitar. We danced with Jack. 
Ray took us all riding for a long time. Francis drove some. Jack is going to learn to dance. Mm, he's pleasing Aww, her. He's trying. But I can't believe they let Francis drive after last time she got him in a ditch. That's <laughs> right. Elizabeth was talking like, no, no, no. That's why she no, wrote no. it. Yeah, <laughs> but Old Fashioned Love is a ukulele song. Oh, cool. And I'm going to play a little snippet of it right now. You're going to drag out your ukulele I, and I'm play? I'm doing it live. Do, you should see her. <laughs> Do it live. All right. Go, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> September 15th, 1935. Went to Sunday school this morning. We all shook hands with the preacher. After dinner, all the family but Francis and me went to Cape. I rested a while. Went to town. Talked to the kids out by the bench a while. Then I went to see Maxine. Len was there. I worked a while. Jack came up later. Maxine and I went to her house with Mary Ellen. She played her ukulele and we sang in Maxine's yard. Mary Ellen was walking a piece with us, and Jack came and picked us up and took us riding. After supper, he came back up. Ward came up, and we all talked to Mother and Dad until they went riding. Then we four went riding, stopped at the rendezvous and drank a Coke, went to Ward's and hung around a while, came home and sat in front of the house, had lots of fun acting crazy. Jack is 19 years old today. How terribly old. (laughs) Isn't that funny? She's not long from being 19 herself. Seriously. But I love how how everyone has a ukulele now that this ukulele hit is on the radio. I think that's cute. I want to know where the rendezvous is. What is is that a bar? What is this rendezvous? It's got to be like a little cafe. Okay. And and so is Ward's. I did find, I know from future reading that Ward's is a place. Okay. And that the Ward family owns it. And it's Uh, like a place where you can get burgers and a coat. Gotcha. It's like a little counter. Okay. So I, but I don't know where it is. So yes, the twins can help us yeah. with that. We just need to sit down with to take the twins out to lunch. Let's do it. <laughs> September sixteenth, nineteen thirty-five. Helped iron and peel apples this morning. Maxine came by and talked a while. She said she was going to Cape to go to school. After dinner, we were all resting, and Ray came. He asked me if I could play for the orchestra. He stayed a while. Francis and I went to town tonight, then to Lutesville to see Wilma's new baby. It's so cute. Got the orchestra music at Maxine's. When we got home, Ray and Mary Ellen were here. He played his ukulele. Mary Kate came down and curled my hair. We all sang after Mary Ellen and Ray left. I practiced the orchestra music. It's so hard. Ward came over and asked Francis to go to Cape to the show and a boat excursion tomorrow. Francis said Jack had suggested it. I may get to go too. 
So here she is joining an orchestra. Mm -hmm. And what we're going to find is she gets a job. And these Ray and her Mm -hmm. and I think Bill, Mm -hmm. or maybe it's Bob, one of those boys is going to be part of this band. And Uh they're going to play dances. And they're going to play intermission at movies. And she's going to start. With Elizabeth? Yeah. And she's their piano player. And obviously, they all sing together and they harmonize and stuff. And yeah, she's, she's forming a band. Oh, cool. <laughs> I, I know, right? Isn't that fun? And so we're going to see her doing this and making a little bit of money off of it, too. Really? So I know she's going to be so proud. Move I can't wait. Pearl Jam. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> September 17th, 1935. Jack asked me to be the queen to represent their store at the fair. Each merchant is to have one. Hmm. All right, this is Jack mm. staking a claim. Yes. Remember, it was like her and Maxine or her and Mary Ellen. He's uh-huh. like, hey, I'll give you jobs. Yeah. And now she's going to be the Hopkins store queen. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. September 19th, 1935. After dinner, I read the rosary and practiced for the orchestra. Cleaned up and went to town with Francis. Came home and we four girls went to Lutesville in the car. Jack came while I was gone. He came back after supper. L.H. and John were with him. We went to Lutesville, went by and got Grace, rode around, and then the boys went to band practice while we girls practiced with a whole bunch of girls and Ray. We're supposed to sing at the fair. Had a good time, just us girls. Jenny, Grace, and I went down to the hall and then to the beauty parlor. After the boys got through practicing, we went riding and towards. Jack thought I acted funny, and I really didn't talk much. But I wasn't in the mood. When you have nothing to say, say it. Okay. Okay, girl. All right. All right. Pop off, girl. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Do what you need to, girl. Uh, But I don't understand the band practice that the boys are in. I don't ever Mm -hmm. remember. I don't know if Mm -hmm. they talk about a band at all. What what band practice? Mm. I mean, I think a marching band, but that can't be what they're doing. Was it a school thing? Maybe she also means like they're in a band. Like yeah, they're like also Pearl Jam, band, right? And maybe she's in her Pearl Jam, <laughs> okay. which is more like the Indigo Girls because it's just girls. Cool. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, I was curious about the Rosary because I know she's not Catholic, and I know yes. she's not reading about that. But the Rosary was a novel by Florence Barclay, and it was first published in 1909, and was a best-selling novel for many years. The Rosary is a story of undying love, and its success related it into being translated into eight languages and made into five motion pictures dang all right and then i did find this i got from calling the bollinger county library Mm -hmm. because i wanted to know a little bit about the fair and they were nice enough to send me a couple of articles from the banner press okay so while i'm waiting for them all to be mailed here at least i got something yeah so this article is before the fair and it goes here is a list of some of the young ladies already registered by their merchants the list is incomplete because some merchants have yet to register or have not chosen a young lady every merchant in the county should be in on this big event and for those who are planning on sponsoring a queen Monday, September 23rd, has been set as the latest date for entry. So they list the girls from Lutesville and from Marble Hill. Okay. And from Lutesville, the Mm -hmm. names we would recognize are Wilma Hastings. I know we've met her. Huh. There's a Miss Geraldine Fish. Um, That's all the names I recognize from Lutesville. But in Marble Hill, we have Lucille Barker, her across-the-street neighbor. We have Mary Ellen Allen Mm -hmm. of Allen's fame. We have Betty Hartzell, who was going by Betty. And then Mary Kate Newell, the adopted daughter of the (laughs) Newells. And Maxine Slinkard. Mm -hmm. We have a Kathleen Gray. 
and we have a Helen Bidewell. And I don't think we've met Helen yet, but we meet a lot of Bidewells. Mm -hmm. So I'm just throwing her name out there. Okay. So those are the queens. Neats. September 20th, 1935. Got cleaned up and went to Katz this morning. Asked her to go to Lutesville with me. She got ready and we started. Met Jack downtown and he said he'd take us over there. So we turned down three rides. He came along and took us. We went to the school and sat in the study hall until the bell rang. Then we went over to the gym and saw the senior assembly program. Spikey brought us home. We went to see some people about going to Cape, but I couldn't. After dinner, I pieced on my quilt and read. After supper, went with Lucille. Mr. Hopkins picked us up. Jack brought us back. Jack danced a little. So this cat must be Kathleen Gray, who's also a Fair Queen nominee, and she was born in 1918. Her father was a salesman, and Catherine's going to play a big part in the story. Mm-hmm. She is going to be a good friend of mm-hmm. um, Elizabeth. She's going to marry a man we have already met. Mm-hmm. We know who that's going to And that's going to create some drama for the diary and in town. I have a picture of her, and it's her and her future husband, but y'all don't know what any of them look like anyway, so I'm going to post it Yay. on the Patreon. She's beautiful. Really? And these are two pictures, and she's older, older than uh-huh. me in them. But I can imagine at any age she was beautiful. Uh-huh. I'd like to get a picture of her young. Yeah. I think there's a way okay. I might be able to find that. And yeah, so that's Kathleen. Yeah, that's Cat. She'll always call her Cat. And she has a beautiful name, Kathleen. Kathleen, L-Y-N. Yeah, isn't that pretty? Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty girl. September 21st, 1935. Lucille came over and gabbed a while about wanting to go to Cape. Jack brought some coal oil while I was mopping. We went in his store and he showed us his new corn popper. Mabel came by after dinner and we went to Lucille's and Frances came. We talked about her not going back to school. She and I went over to see Wilma's baby, stayed quite a while. After supper, we had to practice singing for the fair. We went over to the hall, took Maxine and Lucille. We all danced and had lots of fun, just us girls mostly. We got through with that practice, and I had orchestra practice next. My first and only one for the next dance. Everyone stayed and danced. They said I did well, but I don't think so. Frances came home with Ward. I brought Maxine, Lucille, L.H., and Mary Ellen home. We rode around a little bit and sang while Maxine played her ukulele. Jack came by for me tonight. Hmm. So it looks like all the queens have to sing. Because uh, clearly, because Maxine mm-hmm. and Lucille are two of the nominees. Yeah, right, right. So that must be they hanging out. Yeah. But she has one practice with the band yeah, before their right. first dance. I'm fun. assuming, even though she calls it an orchestra, mm-hmm. that they're playing like the hits. Of the day, yeah. They're playing right. like uh-huh. uh, the Isla Capri, like Bill was singing, or right. this cute little song that I just played for y'all a little yes. while earlier. Because she okay. always played the latest hits. Right. But she said it was hard, because maybe she's not always just playing the melody. Mm-hmm. Maybe her part, like mm-hmm. if this is a four-piece band, mm-hmm. she has her part. Yeah. I just don't know how intricately complicated it was. Huh. But, I mean, she was a good piano player, so if she thinks it's hard, it hard. And he has a new corn popper. That's yeah. a plus. He must have gotten that for the fair. Because I said earlier about right. making popcorn yes, balls, I actually didn't really you associate. Them? Uh, maybe not. <laughs> maybe I, I remember something that I don't remember. I remembered. <laughs> That's a T-shirt. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is a t- if we can remember what you said. Yeah. I'm not going to remember. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> we'll have to go back and listen to the episode. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> September twenty fifth, nineteen thirty five. Ironed while Francis and Mother baked a cake and two kinds of cookies to enter in the fair. Had to go to town too. 
We had an early dinner and cleaned up. Lucille went down with us to see Mr. Grumsley. He died Monday and was buried this afternoon. Daddy came home early. We girls came down from Maxine's and Dad took us all to Cape. We wandered around. Francis got some shoes and Lucille a hat. I got some hose. We got in the car to come home and had a flat. Had to wait a long time to have it fixed. Ate candy and potato chips. Had to stop and have it fixed again. Maxine and I walked up to Eileen's to get a dress. Talked to Glenda. Had to walk back to the car. Got home about six. Maxine came by after supper. We got Lucille and we all went to the park where everyone was getting ready for the fair. All us girls went up to the hall to practice. Danced a while and then went back to the park and to the exhibits. Hung around Jack's stand until he was ready to leave. I'll be glad when the fair is over. Oh, she ready? <laughs> and she gets involved, and, and then, then she wants it over. She, yeah, right. Yeah, but Francis and Mother are entering a cake and cookies yeah. into the fair. That's exciting. Mr. Grimsley. They went to see him? Like, uh, maybe see his he body? Was, uh, maybe he was laid, laid out. out. Well. Well, anyway, Luther Johnson Grimley was born on Valentine's Day of 1868, and he married a woman named Missouri Bell Clappard. Oh, yes. You have a child in Missouri <laughs> and name her Missouri Bell? You are a proud parent. That's wow. a bold name. Seriously. And kind of annoying when your name is Missouri. I don't know. But oh. hey, maybe they called her Missy. Mm. I don't know how loyal to the state these parents were. But mm. anyway, they'll have six children, mm -hmm. and Mr. Grimley will be the postmaster of Bollinger County from, from 1894 until 1930. Oh. And after that, he gets a job as a cashier at a bank. All his children are all grown and out of the house except for one. He's probably thinking about retiring, and he drops dead of a heart attack here in 1935 at the age of 67. Okay. So bless his little heart. There you go. September 26, 1935. Well, the fair started today, and it has rained all day. Mother and Francis took sugar cookies, oatmeal cookies, jelly, and a devil's food cake and a pillow top and entered them this morning. I stayed home and did the dishes all by myself and made up the beds, washed out some things. After dinner, I read a little bit. We four girls went to Lutesville and brought Mary Kate home. After supper, Jack came by and brought me a season ticket. I took Leon to the park and got Maxine. We waited on Frances. Her pillow top got the blue ribbon. It was raining and all was wet. Talked to Jack. He and Ward had been after us. We brought the kids home. Frances, Maxine, and I went over to Ward's. Jack followed us, and then I went riding with him. Hey, good for Frances, her pillow top. Yeah, Got first place, a blue ribbon. Excellent. Oh, she must have been so proud of That's like of a that. pillowcase is what she did? Mm -hmm. She embroidered a little pillowcase. Oh, isn't that nice? Yeah. That'd, that'd be cute. September 27th, 1935. Frances rolled up my hair and we cleaned the house. It's so cold and damp. After dinner, Frances and I went to Maxine's. We sat by the fire and read letters she had delivered and looked at her memory book. The kids phoned and said Daddy was home and we could go to the fair. Francis went home for the car, came and got Maxine and me. We went down to the park and hung around. Francis got first on her pillow top, cake, and cookies. Mother won second place for her cookies. Jack gave us some popcorn. We went up to Ward's a while. After supper, we all got ready, and we five kids went by and got Maxine and Glenda and hung around everywhere. Jack didn't have much to say until Bill talked to me. 
He said I could walk home with him, but I didn't. Francis went to Ward's. I got Leon after the show was over and brought the car home. I made Maxine feel bad by telling Spikey she had always checked a secret ambition to sing with the Midnight Harmonies. Silly me. Hmm. Okay, her band is called the Midnight Harmonies. Is that the name That's of the, the band name? Uh, Isn't that Midnight great? Midnight Harmonies. The Midnight Harmonies. I love that. <laughs> so Francis wins the fair. Oh yeah, my gosh, seriously. she might not be Cookies, in the running for queen, and, but yeah. she got, oh my God, so much. And mom wants, I wish we had these mom, recipes. I know, right? Jack didn't have much to say until Bill talked to him. Seriously. Oh, he's coming in hot, like, hey, hey. He's, re- yeah. Yeah, he's like, back off Bill. Yeah, right. Don't you take my girl to Kate. Mm-hmm. September 28th, 1935. Francis rolled up my hair, had to walk most of the way to the fairgrounds. The queen was crowned at one. We all walked on stage. My paper had queen on it. I was presented a beautiful bouquet of flowers and a lovely cedar chest from Turn City Commercial Club. Had our picture taken for the newspaper. After that, we all went to the dance. I had to play, but danced a little bit at intermission. Grace Welker played for me a little, and I danced some. What an eventful day. Hmm. Oh, she's the fair queen she's of Bollinger County. Yeah. And Grace Welker, we've already met her because she's John and Grace. Yeah. And she and Elizabeth are going to be best friends forever. But we've yeah. met Grace many times. Yes. And this is the first time she's ever called her by her Grace full Welker, name. Grace Welker, huh? Yeah, right? The reason that I called the Bollinger County Library in the first place was to see this picture. Yeah. She said we had our picture taken for the paper. Yes. So they that's when they sent me all this fair oh, okay. articles, but no picture. No. And they're like, we can't find a picture anywhere. Would so that they, be in the Bell Banner? Is that the newspaper, do you assume? No, no, this was the Banner Press. This is I mean, Marble Bell, Hill. Banner Press. It's okay. It's, it sounds the same. I well, know. this will this so, will all unfold for you in oh. a moment. But I do have an article about the Bollinger County Fair, Success Despite Rain. It says this is from the Banner Press uh-huh. from the library. Right. Well, the fair has come and gone, and this year was like the fair last year. Two of the days were rainy. Thursday and Friday were gloomy and rainy, and the fair officials were glad of the clear sky Saturday morning. Saturday was the big day with a fine crowd here. Despite the rain, Thursday and Friday, several people attended the fair and saw the exhibits coming in. The fair will probably lack a little of paying out this year, according to those who have made estimates. Of course, the program for three days was excellent. In the contest for Queen, Miss Betty Hartzell of Marble Hill was the lucky lady among the many contestants. The Queen was chosen at one o'clock. Mayor Glenn Beaufort of Lutesville officiated the selection and crowning of the Queen. Miss Hartzell represented the Hopkins and Shriner store. I love this so much. I, yeah, I love that too, that we have the newspaper article. Yeah. And I didn't know it was the Hopkins and Shriner store. Shriners I think as we've, in Shriners? No, Shriner as in someone's last name. Oh, we know the Shriners. Do we? Yes. Have we met talked, a Shriner? No, but the twins know a Shriner. Oh, okay. I don't yeah. know. If, I feel if, like I've talked about a Shriner. Well, um, if you've ever heard the story of the little girl swinging and her shoelaces got stuck in a tree and she hung upside down oh, from the tree. The twins witnessed this. Oh, no. And the that twins was a witnessed some very odd things they in their life. They were everywhere. They, they had four eyes pianos, looking at everything. Bench, exactly. But their friend, Miss Schreiner, Joanne, she got stuck up in a tree. 
I still want she to was hear swinging this too high. piano bench thrown out of a window. Oh, story. yeah. They threw piano benches. There was blood. I mean, not <laughs> that, at the piano no, bench, but, but there the was bloody blood. nose. I know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. These girls. Oh, I know. Did and they they'd fight to this day. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they don't. They don't. Uh, they, they've aged out of it. Yeah, now they're just like, we're, we're, they're just happy to be together now. Yeah. Uh, we also have the sections of the paper that say uh, who won stuff. Mm-hmm. And Miss L. Hartzell won second place for her apple jelly. Oh. And a couple of entries ago, Elizabeth was peeling apples. Yes. She was doing it for Don't the fair. Don't you love that? And it was her oatmeal cookies Aww. that won oh. Mrs. Hartzell first place. Okay. Second um, place. No, it says oatmeal cookies first place, Mrs. L. Hartzell Marble Hill. And second place was Miss Margaret Steinard. All right. And sugar cookies, mm-hmm. second place went to Miss Louie Hartzell. I think they called it Mrs. Hartzell instead of Francis. That's what it was. I think that's accidental. I think Francis made them, but they mom got the yeah, credit that's by right. accident. Like but that. Devil's Food Cake, first place, was Francis Hartzell. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And then, of course, it mentions her pillow, first place for Francis Hartzell. And then, from the Bell Banner, yeah. in this month of 1935, and this exploded my brain because I was looking all over for this picture. But in the Bell Banner, it says, photo of Betty Hartzell in St. Louis newspaper. The photo of Miss Betty Hartzell, now of Marble Hill, but formerly of Bell, was carried in Sunday's edition of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, Missouri, Rotogravar section. Miss Hartzell was chosen queen of Bollinger County Fair this year. She is the daughter of Mr. and Mrs. Louis Hartzell. Okay. Yeah. So when I saw this, because yeah. I, I don't know what I was looking for in the Bell Banner that I found this, yeah. I lost my mind. Right. So I got on newspapers.com. Yeah. And obviously, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch is on there. And this is the Rotogravure section. It's uh-huh. a weird word for uh-huh. the photo section. Okay. And this paper was 70 pages long. Uh. And I looked at every page. And I found the photo section, but yeah. it was only like two pages. And there was no picture of Betty Hartzell. Okay. So I called the librarian up there and she's like oh back in the day there were two editions yeah there was a morning and a later edition and whatever edition they decided to microfilm oh no is not the one that has betty hartzell in it i know now would they have posted this also on the banner press you think the same picture no because i no, because i had the women at the Bollinger library look they looked at the week before the week after and i even told them no it was in because this banner this was like a month later that was in the st louis okay so i called them back yeah and no they don't know they don't Oh. oh That's one of those pictures we so wish we could have. God. I know. And then I think the librarian up in St. Louis was going to try to see if maybe somewhere archived okay. are both editions. Yeah, right. So she's a sweet oh, lady, and she's trying to help me out. Okay. But, oh. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com.
Moonpig.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah, that's uh, a picture we at want. Le- at least we know she was fair queen. Mm-hmm. Of course she was. Right. September wrap-up, 1935. I've had 25 dates this month, and they were all with sweet little Jack. He treats me swell, and I like him lots. I was crowned queen of the county at the fair and got a beautiful cedar chest, to which I am very proud. And that cedar chest lasted through time. It doesn't. I think one of the girls has it. Yes, you're right. I think Allison. One of the grand. Yeah. uh, Yeah. One one of of them has uh, it. They'll have to send us a picture of it. For sure. uh, But there are two cedar chests in her lives. Right. So So one is going to be a gift from someone she's going to marry. Yeah. Yeah. So she'll have a couple, but that's okay. She has a lot of things to save, like, I don't know, ten and a half years of diaries. Seriously. But that is where we are wrapping today's that episode. Was fun. This was a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And then next week we uh, we're finishing up nineteen thirty five, mm-hmm. I think. October, November, December. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So next week something big happens, y'all. Oh, really? I mean, honestly, this diary for 1935 yeah. ends on a cliffhanger. Yeah. And this was this is just her life. Uh-huh. But the last, right. when you read, well, when I read to you New uh-huh. Year's Eve of 1935, you're going to go, what? <laughs> okay, it good. Is so, cr- yeah. I mean, she just did it for us. I mean, the right. story, the book is writing itself. Okay. So, if you want to see all these pictures of mm-hmm. things that we have found, like Jack and pretty Miss Kathleen mm-hmm. Gray, head on over to our Patreon. If you want next week's episode, the first 30 minutes of it anyway, right this minute, head on over to the Patreon. It's there too. Always follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and the Talk where we have videos. Mm-hmm. We're behind on them, but the videos are still fun to watch. Mark mm-hmm. does a great job of painting the picture of what these towns mm-hmm. look like, and yeah. that'll be a lot of fun. So in the meantime, Mark and I will be here next Tuesday with all yeah. our Bettys, and we'll yeah. find out what's going on in Marble Hill, Missouri. Ah, okay, bye! Bye! Hi, my name is Tony from Harrisburg, North Carolina, and you're listening to My Grandma's Diaries.